What's up, everybody? Welcome to Building Our Power. This is Gabby. And KT. And we're back with another episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our last episode. And very, very extreme thank you to everybody who donated to a last-minute donation effort. Um, We were able to raise $210 in two days, all of which went to baby formula. We were able to get nine uh, boxes of baby formula. We even got uh, a half gallon of milk, got some frozen vegetables and some frozen chicken. And we were able to donate that to our community fridge. Pictures of that are on our social media at Building Our PWR. Um, also, if you want to continue to support in uh, helping us uh, contribute to our local community fridge in Binghampton, you can hit the links in our description. Our PayPal and Cash App have changed to make sure everything is uniform and not confusing, so definitely check out those links. Alright guys, so today's episode, we're going to be talking about abolishing schools. Um, Gabby wants to go ahead and read something first, so Gabby, if you want to, go ahead. Well, firstly, uh, KT brought this up uh, this week and made a huge commotion on Twitter talking about abolishing public education. Some people said she was being inconsiderate for saying that you need to expand your political imagination and all that stuff. We'll, we'll get into it. Um, so, on a more somber note, in Memphis, Tennessee... Uh, city uh, last week there was an incident at a elementary school Cummings Elementary um, where well, it was actually a case rate where a 13 year old uh, brought a gun to school and shot mm. another kid and uh, you know there was police everywhere the kid fled and they eventually caught him the victim is alive and going to recover um but the boy has been charged with, as an adult, first-degree attempted murder. How old is this kid? 13 years oh old. Oh, my gosh. And to make matters worse, they expected all students to report to school the very next day. Some people, some kids had actually witnessed that with their own eyes. Oh, my been traumatized, and them folks said, come right back to school. And the superintendent and all his minions were over there cheesing along with all the, the, the workers that were forced to come there along with the children. And if you read the comments, you see the parents that are just outraged, rightfully so, saying right. our kids literally were traumatized. They saw somebody get shot yesterday and y'all wanted them to come back for a photo op the oh the superintendent was sharp oh he had a nice designer suit all them women look so pretty with their makeup and their high heels all to create a pr a pr move and uh they quote unquote had uh counselors there but what sense does that make what sense does that make and don't you know this is this is the state of public education at this point. Um, yeah, so I, I really thought that this was a great example of just how uh, apocalyptic or dystopian that the public education system is now, definitely given the COVID that's going on, the, the pandemic, and also how they view children and, and view 
what their job is. So, KT, tell us a little bit why you wanted to, or why you made the statement that uh, public schools should be abolished. Yeah, so... Yeah, so on Twitter, you guys know I'm I'm literally always on Twitter causing havoc, but um there was some kind of conversation. Uh this guy had asked basically a question that was like, "Hey, what does school what would school look like in anarchy, right?" And so I answered and I was like, "Well, you know, it, it's basically not going to look like school at all." Um and I said that because think of it this way. When you go to school currently, what happens? You are currently uh, being basically told to do whatever every second of your day is being monitored. From the moment you get in that door, somebody is telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. When you can go to the bathroom, when you can eat your food, when you can stand up, when you can uh, talk to your neighbor... School, literally, every single moment, you're being dictated by someone. Mm-hmm. So when I think of school, it, I think of it as like a, a tool for the state. And yeah. so on Twitter, I said, anything for the state or anything created by the state is for the state. Yep. And that's true not just with school, but with literally anything else within this system. Right. And so... um Yeah, someone had basically quote tweeted it, and it really wasn't anything crazy. But they were just saying that, hey, we needed to come up with something other than saying that, you know, school's a bad idea and we should abolish it. And the truth is, is that I think that um, it's up to us to be able to decide what school's going to look like outside of having to dictate children at every step of the way. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, Gabby, I know that you work, you work within the school system. So, like, what does it, what does the average day look like for a student? And not just, like, white students, but black students, too, in comparison. Okay. I will compare, because I don't, I don't know if, if you've heard my story. I've told it a long time, for a lot of times. But I went to a private school, uh, K-12, through on a scholarship, and, you know, with some connections or whatever. But I was able, I had a totally different experience. Um, and when I started working in public schools, it was very eye-opening to me. Um, so, I don't know, you know, for people who ain't been in school in a long time, if you've been in it, you it's pretty much the same thing. When I say when I watch those um, documentaries about prison, when I watch Beyond Scared Straight when I watch 60 Days In, that stuff is hard to watch, and that stuff is very eye-opening or whatever. But when I take a step back, I'm like, yeah, if I was a little kid in this public school situation, it's the same exact thing. Um, I work with little ones. And I'm around the kindergartners, first graders, everything like that. It is literally run like a correctional facility. Literally. There is no freedom. There is no choice. Kids are being yelled at 24-7. They're barely allowed to scratch their back without somebody saying something to them. They can't talk in class. 
They can't talk in the hallway. They can't talk at lunch. They don't have recess. And the only time when they're able to have some sort of freedom is when they go like to maybe a PE class, which even that is very structured because there's a curriculum to follow. So as far as um, if we were to say in an ideal world that the, the point of school was to help develop children, teach them how to think critically, teach them how to be independent, teach, create and instill in them values that they would need um, in life. If the value is to make somebody uh, emotionless, to make somebody aggressive and angry, to make somebody hate learning, to make somebody uh, feel powerless, uh, yeah, public education is 100% on point, and that is a great system for which they can live in. Um, If the the point is to... um, Start criminalizing kids early. Start uh, putting um, labels on them. Uh, start uh, introducing them to uh, police officers and scaring them straight and stuff like that. One hundred percent. If it's to to not teach conflict resolution, one hundred percent. So yeah, that that's the short version of of kind of the way public schools run. I was talking to you earlier, and I was thinking about, um, because you went to a private school, but I went to a public school, and public school, like you said, is completely different, but, like, there's one part, for me, at least, in public school that was, like, really important, I feel like, as far as, like, uh, radicalizing me, and it was the extreme... Like, you, it's so clear who has rich parents and who doesn't have rich parents. It was class. It was racism. It is so clear when you go to public school. The kids who are poor get made, of, uh, get made fun of every single day of their lives. Mm-hmm. The kids who parents cannot afford to uh, support uh like a babysitter to help them out and things like that have extra help around the house you can tell because those kids are coming to school in the same exact clothing Mm -hmm. school is not a community effort like it should be yeah school is very much just like everything else in this system it is very much individualistic and it literally continues and supports our current system yeah but think, think about this. Think about why bullying p- potentially. I mean, I, I don't have the stats on it. But think about some of the reasons why bullying, why fighting, why school shootings like at Cummings uh, happen so more prevalently, prevalent, prevalently in public schools. Like, let's go back yeah. to how I said that it runs. Yeah. It's based on aggression. It's based on fear. It's based on dominance. It's based on you being submissive. And so if we tie that into prisons, why are prisons so violent? There's no power. People feel helpless. People are trapped. People feel like their life isn't going anywhere. They can't amount to anything. It's, it's literally a cycle of abuse that starts from the higher-ups to the principal to the teachers to the students upon each other. And it's, it's a cesspool of, of just trauma, to be honest. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, you're, 
the way we're doing it, though, like currently talking about it, it's kind of like from bottom, I mean, from top to bottom. I kind of want to look at it from as far as like how children are experiencing this, right? And so um, as a, a, a poor kid that was in, pu- in public school, I want us to think about what does autonomy mean for those children? Like literally, if you are being told what to do every single day of your life, you've got even even in like uh, in our schools, you have security guards already being criminalized. You have no say so in what you're allowed to learn. You have no say so in what you're allowed to eat every day. You have no say-so in literally anything. Where do we start? How do we determine or how do we expect these children to grow up and not have, like you said, some kind of trauma? Not to mention, okay, so this is kind of the same thought, but think about it this way too. As far as like a lot of people say, oh, well, we need more funding. Funding is not going to help give these kids autonomy. Funding right. is not going to help these kids uh, not be bullied. Yes. Funding is not going to help these kids out of poverty within their family system. Right. We're, we are literally, just because you add funding to schools does not mean that the entire system is going to change. If anything, like Gabby said, up at the top, they're going to get the most money. They are. We cannot again, just like. And, but here's the thing about it, because I, I at one point also had this liberal frame of thinking, like if we just paid the teachers more, like absolutely one thousand one trillion percent, teachers need to be paid more. They need more teachers in the classroom. Right now, there are kindergarten classrooms with twenty six, twenty seven students, one teacher. Imagine mm. the COVID, the the what the everything, the no learning. So yes, we need those things. But again, like you said, you can have all the money in the world, but some systems are intended to run a certain way. Yep. Even if for whatever reason every black school in every corner of America had an iPad. Had a Mac, had a computer, had this class, had that class, had this one. We still living in capitalism, baby. And there still has to be a lower class. Yeah. So, and, and we've seen this as black people have started to achieve, have started to get degrees, have started to become more educated. How come those things no longer are the, the uh, keys to obtain wealth and, and success? Because there's still... With more people going up, we still need a lower class. Yes. So those those standards of of what you need to uh, achieve, if everybody's meeting those standards, they're no longer going to be the standards. And I think that's important whenever we're talking about uh, racism, right? Yeah. Like that is directly in correlation to whiteness. That's directly in correlation to white supremacy and uh, our entire colonialist system. That without us deconstructing that and completely abolishing that system, the entire system, not just reforming pieces of it, that's not going to change. Right. They, they, yeah. The, yeah. And, and I'm saying this also to say that I remember in college, I read this book, I cannot or it was an essay in an anthology book. I can't for the life of me figure out what it what it's called. But 
long story short, it was talking about uh, these researchers went to public schools all over America in predominantly black areas, mm-hmm. and they went to public schools in predominantly white upper uh, upper middle class uh, areas, mm-hmm. and was talking about the one. 80 in the type of teaching and the amount of autonomy that these rich white kids were got were, were had it said literally these schools were training these people to be the leaders of america they had choice they had autonomy they learned critical thinking they were exposed to all different types of arts and and this and that because that's what their role is that is their role. Their it's role society, is to keep, yeah. to keep the generational wealth of their family going. That's what these people are investing in. That's what they want to happen. Our role as poor working class people, as black and brown people, is to work in the warehouses. Yep. It don't matter how much money you give us. Somebody got to work at Amazon, and that will be you. So all this talk of reform and the public education and we need to rethink and opportunity opportunity gap, it's it's giving me naive. It's giving me, for some, will for ignorance. It's giving me I haven't read a history book. It's giving me I don't understand how economics work because that is not going to solve the problems. The problem is these corporations don't want to pay us nothing. Oh, that reminded me. There was a uh, there was something you just reminded me of the corporation part that we often don't talk about as far as funding goes for these schools, these mm-hmm. public schools or even private schools themselves. And so, um someone had asked, one of our friends actually on Twitter had asked, uh how is how is public school getting money? Mm-hmm. Basically, how are how are public schools profiting from the school system? Because we know, hey, these schools, uh, this system is not going to do anything or enhance anything if it's not making any kind of money for them, mm-hmm. right? And so it, it encouraged me to go and look. And so I think about this, okay? You have your public schools, but these public schools are basically like a, a mini- capitalist system Mm. so here's just a um a partial list of people who are basically making profit from public education it's going to be the computer companies so we know all schools need computers handheld devices and other hardware right uh the software companies so the computers they need the software on them furniture companies kids have to sit somewhere School bus companies, someone has to be the transporter. Uh, textbook companies, that's a main one. I'm sure they are funded literally, that, that's all their funding probably is from the public education system. So when we think about public education, it's less about um, miniature scales and it's more about how it's a replication of how our current system is. Yes. And and that brings me back to the Cummings thing. It was like, damn, y'all can't miss one day of funding. Because you know they get they get money uh, according to how many booties are in the seats. Right. So y'all couldn't miss one day of funding after them kids literally saw a quote-unquote attempted murder. It was that crucial. And we can tie it to COVID. Same thing. 
these kids are being packed like sardines and the teachers are in their pack with them. We don't have enough funding to hire more people to clean the schools. It is a cesspool of germs. People are dying. Folks, family members are dying. And they still over here talking about truancy. They still over here Lord. talking about uh, grades. They still over here talking about tests. They still over here telling the teachers ain't no excuses. Do better. And these uh, superintendents making some of them millions of dollars a year. Some okay. of them making more than the mayor of the city. Literally. Um. So, long story short, when you know this information and you learn it, because some of us... You know, it may have been a long time since we were in school. We ain't got no kids. We really don't be thinking about right. it. Right. If you didn't know this information, I would understand why you wouldn't understand abolish the schools. But now with just like a little fragment of some stuff that we told y'all, you can see why the public education system in itself needs to be destroyed. It's based on classism, based on racism, and does not benefit us and our children in any way. Um, so, because of this, I wanted to think about, because, you know, first thing folks going to say, what's the alternative? So, I want us to take, you know, some of the principles we believe in with uh, communism and archism and think of some ways that maybe we can, in the future, teach our children and teach people in general that's not hierarchical, that allows for autonomy and allows for people of, we didn't even get into this Different learning abilities. Literally. To be able to learn without being alienated, ostracized, and separated. So, for me, um, personally, I think the best thing that we could do is community-based, self-directed learning. Okay. That basically means that uh, not only is it going to be quote-unquote teachers that's going to be helping not only is it going to be your parents that are helping but it's going to be people within your own community within your own neighborhood that's going to do schooling with you unschooling with you essentially is what it's called um so what i want to do i'm kind of gonna i'm gonna read a little bit of what unschooling is because i think it's important but uh, unschooling is an informal learning that advocates learner-chosen activities as a primary means for learning. Unschoolers learn through their natural life experiences, including play, household responsibilities, personal interests, curiosity, internships, and work experience. They, this also includes mentors, your family, uh, people that are obviously within the community that's going to help. So to me, raising children and educating children is a community-based effort, mm -hmm. even for people who do not have kids. Yes, yes. It should be a combined situation. Yes, uh, I definitely agree with what you were talking about. Uh, I work with pre-K, and interestingly enough, uh, whoever it is that designed that, it's totally different than your standard K-12 through type of learning um actually they encourage choice among the children they encourage you listening to the children they encourage it encourage you um incorporating play and dance in every aspect of learning um they get recess 
Um, they have a curriculum where, like, if a child says something, like, it's no shushing them down. You have to listen to what they say. You have to tend to their emotional needs no matter how long they've been talking. It's interesting. I mean, obviously, it's not implemented, and the people really don't care about it. And they uh, do the little evaluation once a year, and that's the only time they care about it. But it's just interesting seeing that that is something that people know that works, but we won't just implement it for everybody because they have standardized testing no but here's why okay let's say okay so if everybody knew that that was supposed to be how it was if the whole community was involved in that if grandpa had to be held accountable because he wasn't teaching his children correctly or uh grandma of the child over there and everybody was held accountable because of that grandma over there the whole community would be, they'd be doing it. You see what I'm saying? It's about shame. Sometimes you have to shame people into doing things correctly. No, I'm saying, like, how would that work in a, a structure? Well, it, it never wouldn't. work in a structure. That's system. why I said it's not going to look like that's school. That's why I agree with you. Yeah. You will need more. In order to cultivate that type of learning experience, for one person, you would need maybe no more than three kids. Yep. That's maybe even a lot. I'd say two. In order to really allow them to have choice, explore without you becoming overwhelmed, without people not being able to learn, with everyone having a voice, that would have to be the way that it is. And also, big thing, obviously in this system, there will be no grades, report cards, tests, standardized tests, there will be no uh, any, any of that stuff because all that stuff is... It's just a way to, for one, uh, instill that compliance. You're not, you not listening to what I'm saying, even though I'm boring as hell. You getting an in in conduct. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have a, you wouldn't be boring. Like that's the thing. If it's, if it's chosen by the learner, like if we did it this way, again, like I said at the beginning of the episode, it would look nothing like how school is now because it would not be institutionalized. It would not be capitalistic, and it's not going to treat children like they have no autonomy. So, yeah. Literally. And think about the things that they teach and say is important. We already talked about this, Pythagorean theme, all that stuff. Um, majority of the stuff that your kids have to learn, especially at a younger age, you can literally teach them yourself. Uh, exploring, science, reading, math, numbers. numbers, this, that, and the third, multiplication, division. They don't even teach history, right? You can teach history better than they can. We don't even need uh, multiplication and division anymore. We can literally put it on our calculators. You but I mean, it, like, I mean, it's a good thing because you don't know what your kid's going to go into. But it's, <laughs> there's so much time wasted. There's so much learning loss and no learning that's going on at all but think about it in this system right now that's not possible because why the schools now and everyone will tell you it's just a daycare center parents now have to work longer hours work more jobs because they being paid less so a lot of them don't have the resources and the time to educate the children which eventually one of the things that as anarchists and communists we will have to take on is the responsibility of not only educating the adults, but educating the children. And the Black Panther Party actually had 
a school at one point. And something that they were talking about is that they implemented, um, what do you call it? Was it restorative justice or was it something where, like, the the kids were able to, were over, like, the quote-unquote discipline. Yeah, so, that's restorative. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, if somebody was uh, fighting or being mean to somebody, they would have to stand in front of the children. And the children would then come up with, okay, uh, you know, talk to them. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? And then they would come up with uh, what needs to be done as a response to those actions and stuff like that. Look into that, uh, the Black Panther Party school that they had. Um, they only were only able to have like a couple hundred students or something like that. Yeah, but what we what we were listening to the students that were there say that that was the best schooling, even in college that they paid for. That yeah. was the best schooling that they ever had. Not only were they able to um, have food at that school, not only were they able to be educated at that school, but it was community-based, meaning that everyone played a part in educating And the kids. kids had autonomy. Correct, yes. There was no corporal punishment, and which was still, you know, in, in fashion at those days, and uh, lots of other things. So, definitely... This whole point of this episode was just to get everybody to think bigger about all systems. Public education is one of them. Because so many of, this is in-house for black people, so many of our people, uh, we still think that this is a system that can be redeemed, the public education system. And if all we did was have parent support, and if all we did was have just a little bit more money, and if all we did was have children that were listening, want to learn, that's all it would take to help us accomplish things. But we just want y'all to, to see and to tell other people and to educate other people that that's not the way it works. This public education system was meant to keep the social classes at where they are. So as far as, you know, what can be done right now, you know, we want to be in the right now. We want to be in the 2021. We don't want to be idealistic. The most I can say is look in the look at your type the, the type of parenting you do uh, when it comes to your children the t- the ways in which you you interact with children are you creating a child that is uh, learning to be submissive and bow down to authority and not critically think and not talk back and not do this and not do that. Are you creating that same type of child that your the state is creating? Mm. Or are you creating a child that will question things, that will not be afraid to speak their mind, that will not be afraid to stand up for what's right, that will not be afraid to critically think? That is what you can do. And I think that one of the good things you know about this stuff, about gentle parenting and all this other stuff and not whooping your kids is forcing people to think in that way, to see children as human beings who deserve the right to have a choice in the food that they eat, that deserve to be able to have a right of choice of what they put on their body, stuff like that. So I definitely would get y'all to, would encourage y'all to look into that. We'll have to do a whole episode on that ourselves. 
but it definitely starts at home. If you create that independent, free-thinking uh, child at the house, it will be harder for the state to crush down on that person and that yep. personality. They may start getting, quote-unquote, in trouble, may start getting ends and using conduct, but what does that really mean? If anything, if you taught them right, it means that you're teaching your child to actually be something and to actually be a fighter for, for things that are right and liberation and all that stuff. So that's all I, can, I, I have to say towards that. Um, so, yeah, KT, you didn't have anything you want to add? KT says no. Um, so, guys, let us know what you think about um, schooling. Uh, do you think we, you know, going to ham? Do you think that there are better alternatives? What What do you think? Uh, hit us up at Building Our PWR. Hit KT up at KT underscore does art. Hit me up at Gabby's Music. Remember, um, in the description, if you would like to donate to our community fridge that we uh, stock every uh, Saturday at Binghampton, you can do that. Links are in the bio. Um, this has been Gabby. And Katie. And this is Building Our Power.